man. And I, I believe that to, in order to make America great again, we have to make marriages great again. We have to make family great again. We have to make that bond great again. And that's what's going to solidify and and make this thing work. Because somewhere along the line, we've lost the, the oomph to want to make marriages work and make family work. Everybody listen up, I'ma let you know That it's all about Christ over crypto You should invest but still be responsible And remember that it's Christ over crypto Yeah, and money shouldn't be your master Verse 24, Matthew, the sixth chapter Serving God is the only thing that I'm after Tell the devil back up when I get my stacks up This is not about greed, I just wanna be a better me Use my resources to build up a legacy I don't wanna be dead broke when I'm 70 Christ over crypto, and it's really helping me yeah christ over crypto come on hey christ over crypto yeah greetings ladies and gentlemen welcome to christ over crypto where earthly investments become heavenly treasures i'm your host frank turner and on christ over crypto our message is about stewardship of god's resources so that they don't become our master but allow us to honor and glorify our heavenly father on today's episode we'll be talking with brother timothy hunter founder of Pew 13 Ministries, also spiritual guidance counselor and behavioral health coach about just the power of, um, you know, living in the spirit and letting people uh, find their gifts, find their path and, and with, with God. And it's just an amazing interview. I, I know you heard a little piece of it when we started the show, so definitely check that out. You'll love that. Um, also, we're going to talk about the durability of cryptocurrency in an extinction level event. Um, how valuable it could be. So it, it's an interesting article that I read that I'm going to kind of touch on in the part of my fiat segment. So I hope you uh, stay on for that. So we're going to get into all that. But before we do, we're going to pause for a word from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Bitcoin Legendary. New to cryptocurrency? Curious on how to buy and sell Bitcoin? Visit ebook.christovercrypto.com for your free copy of Bitcoin Legendary. This ebook gives you a step-by-step guide on how to invest in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies safely and securely. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited for our next guest. He wears many hats. He spent the last eight years as a spiritual guidance counselor. He's also the founder of Pew 13 Ministries, and he's also a behavioral health coach. Welcome to the show, Mr. Timothy Hunter. Peace, King. Peace, King. Thank you. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank you. Man, it's always good. Um, you know, like I said, welcome to the show, Christ Over Crypto. We love um, guests who just are doing things for the kingdom. Um, certainly, I mean, there's so many places I can start, but I just want to start um, with the title, Spiritual Guidance Counselor. That is something that you don't see on a lot of business cards. You know, people give you their card and say, I'm this, I'm that. But Spiritual Guidance Counselor is not one that I've seen. Can you just elaborate on and what is that that means, and how did you come to that title uh, for what you, you actually do? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, as far as uh, the title is concerned, you know, just something that I put on me, you know, um, because I remember back being in, um, you know, high school and middle school, you know, your guidance counselor was the person that you went to to, you know, get your schedule fixed and get advice for what's, the next, what's at the next level, and how you, you know, maneuver through high school itself and getting prepared for the next level of life, you know what I mean? And, and spiritually, that is what I do um, on a day-to-day basis. 
I just help people get to the next level of whatever, wherever they're at. You know, I meet people where they are, and I just help them maneuver to the next level, and God has put that on me, you know. Um, everybody's been using the term coach lately. Everybody's a coach, you know, um, and I, I have no, no faux pas against that, you know, but I just wanted it to be something different. Um, and and I'm me with that, so um, you know, it's definitely God or aiming and God signs. Yeah, I mean that's that's in, an incredible description. I mean, I think you know the coach is kind of cliche. I agree, but certainly the guidance counselor is, is a great way to describe what you're doing, meeting people where they're at. Something that is sorely needed um, in, in the kingdom. Um, you know. Obviously, I introduced you with a few titles. Uh, one of the other ones, um, you say you're a behavioral health coach. Um, what what does that mean exactly? I mean, a lot of times you hear about mental health or you know different you know physical health. Like, what exactly is a behavioral health coach, and what would you provide uh, for people? Uh, with that, um, what we do is um, I actually work in um, the high school system here and um, out in Oklahoma, and um, we go in and we work with the the disadvantage and, and the kids that have fallen behind. And we just work with them to mentally prepare them to get caught up on, um, you know, their curriculum so they can graduate and, and um, you know, be able to go out and either go off to college or work or start a family, whatever it is that they have to do. A lot of these children, they, um, they have bigger issues than just not being able to do math homework. Some of these kids, they have to worry about where they're going to sleep at night. You know, where's the next meal going to come from? Some of these kids have meth-addicted parents and, um, you know, from, from broken homes and abusive relationships, you know. So we go in and we, we help them mentally and um, uh, to get to that next level and to, you know, help re- rehabilitate them mentally and, and put an emphasis on the mental health aspect. Uh, we work with psychiatrists and psychologists, and it's a whole package that comes with that. It's just not me going in and um, sitting down with them. You know, we actually take the time and work with different health facilities to, you know, help facilitate that, that health and healthiness and growth of the mental capacity to help these young people be able to prosper. Man, I mean, that's, that's some good stuff, but I mean, some of this stuff sounds pretty, pretty heavy from a, from a standpoint of, I know you. You know you probably have you have your own family, and you've seen these other people, you know, struggling with these issues. Um, does that take a toll on you, uh, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, when you're dealing with situations that are, as you mentioned, um, people struggling at home with parents and uh, behavioral problems? Like, is that is that something that you have to work hard to to maintain your energy? How how do you recharge yourself um, on the day to day dealing with these tough situations? Oh man, it is. Um, it's my firm belief that as Christians, you know, we have to get excited about Christian marriage again. You know, um, I come from an era where you know family was everything. Family is first. You know, and Christians and Christian marriage is the was at the forefront of that in the community and in the church. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, brother, brother Turner wasn't Mr. Turner, he was Brother Turner, you know, um, and, and Mr. Hunter 
fought against them, but he was a brother hunter, you know. And so that is where I find my secret from from God and from the family that He has provided me with, man. And I, I believe that to, in order to make America great again, we have to make marriages great again. We have to make family great again. We have to make that bond great again, and that's what's going to solidify and and make this thing work because. Somewhere along the line, we've lost the the oomph to want to make marriages work and make family work, and we've come up with broken homes. So I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, my strength comes from my God first and foremost, but then secondly from the family and the support system that he's given me. Wow, man. That, that was a good answer. And that was also a great slogan to put on the hat. If you want to make America great again, make marriages great again. I mean, can I get an amen to that? That That is really, really, really good. Um, you know, one of the other things you mentioned, family. Um, and and, and, I, and I want to touch on this. You, I, I mentioned you're the founder of Pew 13 Ministries. I know that comes from a family tie. Can you, can you just explain to the, the listeners out there what is Pew 13 Ministries, the genesis, and what the goal is of, of that uh, vision? Yes, yes, man. Pew 13 comes from, um, well, the name itself. You know, Pew, the back pew is where everybody sits that's really not paying attention. The new people sit on the back pew, the 13th row, the young people that's not listening to the sermon. They sit on the 13th row, the back row, and they all, you know, congregate and stuff like that. And so I want to be able to be a voice that can reach from the front of the church to the back of the church, even if we're not even in a church building. You know what I mean? And 13 is just, it's my favorite number. You know, some people are scared of the number 13. I embrace it. I love it. I was born on the 13th. Uh, and great things tend to happen to me on that day. So I just combined the two and came up with two thirteen. But as um, a ministry is concerned, it goes back to uh, my grandfather and I. We used to um, text message at 3, 4 in the morning. He was 73 when he passed, man, and um, he passed in 2011. And as a coping mechanism to not having those conversations with him at 3 and 4 in the morning, I began to send out, you know, inspirational messages. And, um, you know, I was just doing it to, you know, as my way of, uh, of healing and, and, and my time of bereavement. And then it just really escalated from there. Um, and now we, we, we have the um, email ministry. We have the social media ministry. Um, we, we go into homes. We go into churches. We have, you know, over the phone ministry. I mean, man, this thing is just really taking off and um, really excited because uh, real soon um, the, the, the podcast will be relaunched. We launched it um, in November of last year, so we're going to do an official relaunching this year. So we're excited about that and where God has taken us and what he's doing through Pew 13. Man, that is that is really awesome. I mean, it's, it's amazing how God works everything together for his glory. I mean, obviously... Um, it wasn't. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine it was a happy time to lose your lose your grandfather. But just what what was born out of out of, out of that moment is is so powerful. Um, it just it's just amazing what God can do 
even 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 in tragedies, what we consider to be tragedy, right? I mean, anytime a saint goes home, yeah. it's not really a tragedy. We just receive it that way, and on this side, in the physical body, it's it's hard to reconcile. Yeah. But man, that is that is a great um, story. Um, so, let me ask this question. So, Pew Thirteen sounds like a great initiative. If if I want to connect with Pew Thirteen and I want to know what you're doing, how do I find you guys? I hadn't really heard of you. Obviously, you know, we, we got introduced to a mutual friend, but how do I find Pew Thirteen Ministries? How can I connect with you guys? Oh, great question. I appreciate that. Um, right now, we're on um, social media. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook at Pew Thirteen. You just put it in the search engine, and it'll pop up. And we also have. Um, the email, um, pew13info at gmail.com. It's pew13info at gmail.com. And, you know, um, we're just, we're building this thing from the ground up. Uh, and so there, there'll be more, more ways to communicate and to reach out to us. But as of right now, those are the mainstays and those are, have been very effective. Um, and we, we have people that are um, checking that stuff and constantly waiting on everyone to send messages and, and to come and like and share and comment on the page, man, so we can really just take this thing to the next level. Yeah, I mean, that sounds, man, you're definitely already at the next level. Um, I guess my question, my la- I'm going to get you out of here soon, but I got a couple more questions for you. One is, um, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge that you, you've faced um, as far as, you know, spreading, you know, your ministry and trying to get other uh, Christians activated. What do you feel like is the biggest challenge in that? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I believe that um, the biggest problem that, that, that we have had is we have had a target on our backs. And it's not just us that had the target on our backs. From the first time that God has blessed us, Back in Genesis, we have always had a target on our back, right? Because I imagine that the little guy was sitting around. I don't call him by his name. He's the little guy, and this year I've adopted a new name for him, and I call him Hambone, you know? So if you hear me say Hambone or the little guy, I'm talking about that guy that's underneath us, right? So turn around, he, as God's creating this world and this universe, Hambone was already down here, right? So he's seeing this stuff pop up, and he's getting excited. And he's like, oh, man, I don't know what that is. What's the name of that? But I'm going to go play in that, and I'm going to go work that, and I'm going to go check that out. And then all of a sudden, God put man here, right? So Hambone got upset because he thought all of this was for him. And I imagine he sat there, and he became an instant hater. And once he became that instant hater, He's, he decided to try to uh, divide, divide and conquer. And whatever he can't divide, he's going to try to destroy. And whatever he can't destroy, he's going to try to disrupt. So every obstacle that we have faced was fall under one of those three categories that the little guy has tried to throw at us. But, you know, when you know who you are and whose you are and your foundation is solidified, Every throwing stone that they throw at you, you in turn turn it into a stepping stone to victory. 
Woo, man, you're listening to Mr. Timothy Hunter. We're on Christ Over Crypto. You can listen to this show or any other show on iTunes. Just subscribe to the podcast there under Christ Over Crypto. We're also on YouTube where you can check out exclusive interviews like this as well as other content. Um, Man, that was really, really something that you uh, said there. I really like that way you're, you're putting, you know, I think understanding our place and, and, and the position we have over, you know, said little person, I think it's important that, um, you know, we, we keep that perspective in mind. That's, that's a great thing to, to take. Uh, I'm going to get you out of here on one more question. Um, so is how big and, and obviously this is this is a leading question and, 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 and God will obviously show you. But has God shown you the vision for how big? Or how vast Pew Thirteen Ministries could actually be? Oh yeah, man. Um, God, God works with me in visions, and He's given me um, several visions. Um, the problem is, is that like like some other Christians that I know, I, I I slept on God. You know, I didn't, I wasn't in place. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. You know, so instead of being on, you know year five six seven eight or nine we're really on like year two because i didn't handle my business as far as uh what i was supposed to do with the podcast years ago and stepping forward you know i was shy and bashful you know um but this thing is we're we're looking to take this thing internationally internationally please forgive me um you know um i've been working with um some some great guys out in orlando florida a um, couple brothers of mine, um, Orlando and um, Atlanta, and out in the DMV area uh, as well, um, and they're called the Academy of Kings, and we've been working with them. I'm very excited about what we're building with them. Um, it is the Academy of Kings, the only male advocacy group in the country. There is no other advocacy group. You can Google it. Um, and the Academy of Kings is specialized in high-performance male leadership, and life, business, health, and relationships. And I just love the environment and the energy surrounding these young kings and building with them, you know. And um, with, with that, we entitle various other things, and 213 is one of those things. And it's just, we, we, we oh, man, I just can't speak enough about how excited of where God is taking this thing because it has, we, we, we've, we've touched people in, I want to say at least 35 states right now. Um, and we've also been able to minister to people in Canada as well. So we're already uh, international, you know. So um, I'm just I'm blown away. Wherever God sends me, I'm going to go. I, I tell him, you know, send me. I'll go. I'll go. You know, however, however we got to work this thing out, I'll go, Lord. So um, that's just what I'm doing, man. I, I haven't. It's not mine. It's not mine, you know, so I don't want to sit here and say, well, my plan or my vision or anything like that. You know, if God tell me to make a left, then I'm going to take a left. If he tell me to make a right, I'm going to make a right. And that's because I feel as if obedience is better than discipline. And before I was disciplined, I was getting up every morning and I was sending out these text messages and I was encouraging people, but I wasn't obeying what he was telling me as far as taking it to the next level. So now I'm at the point where I'm mature enough in my walk with Christ to say that obedience is better than discipline and wherever he says this thing, I'm just going to obey. Man, amen to that. 
Man, that was that was an interview. I, I encourage you guys to go back and listen to this. There was a lot of stuff in there. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it myself. Um, you know, thank you, um, Tim. Tim for coming on. Um, you know, again, guys, this is this uh. was Mr. Timothy Hunter, spiritual guidance counselor, behavioral health coach, founder of Pew 13 Ministries. Um, you know, connect with him on Facebook. Connect with him on email pew 13 info at gmail. Man, thank you for for just coming on. We 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 really appreciate it here on the show. Um, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate you, man. Connect with that brother right there. You are a wonderful blessing to the kingdom, brother. And you're explosive, man. You're explosive. And I and I just pray that they don't take you wherever you go, man, because you're, you're somebody. You are a somebody, brother. I love your whole vibe. I love your style. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Timothy Hunter, Pew 13 Ministries. Man, and that was an interview. All right. Um, I've done a few interviews on the show. I've done a few interviews in my past doing podcasts. But man, that was just a beautiful kingdom uh, focus, man. Uh, Shouts out to Mr. Timothy or Brother Timothy Hunter, as he specifically said. And uh, his Pew 13 Ministries, definitely connect with him. Check him out. Pew 13 info at Gmail. Dot com. Also, uh, check them out on Facebook as well. Um, now we're going to head into the part in my fiat segment, one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, we'll be talking about, uh, it's an interesting article uh, that I came across about the durability of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in a, in a, in a uh, basically extinction level event. How, um, how valuable would they be if, if, if we lost, um, say, the uh, connectivity to banks and things like that. What what is the real value of these cryptocurrencies in a disaster doomsday scenario? So we'll talk about that, and I'll see you on the other side of the break. Excuse me, chap. I can barely make out what you're saying. Pardon my fear. I only speak crypto. Pardon my fiat. Cryptocurrency news and updates. All right. Pardon my fiat. Um... Like I said before, one of my favorite segments on the show, uh, I want to encourage you before we get started to check out shop.christworthcrypto.com where you can get some really cool apparel, show you're a good steward. Also, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Go to iTunes, uh, type Chrysler Crypto, uh, subscribe there. We're also on Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure you rate us in everywhere. If you, if you download the podcast, check us out there. Also, we're on YouTube channel with uh, s- exclusive content and select interviews on the channel as well. So definitely check us out, YouTube, Chrysler Crypto. Okay, let's jump right into this article I read. So this article is on Hacker Noon, um, and I'll post the article on, on Facebook for those of you who are follow our Facebook channel. If you don't follow our Facebook channel, then this is a cue for you to do so. Um, the, the idea of, the, the article was the durability of Bitcoin during, say, a nuclear holocaust. Now, a lot of times we think about the value of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. I'm talking about Bitcoin specifically in this case. We think about the value of Bitcoin as being, well, you know, is it going to be an alternative to money? Is, is you know, uh, what you know, what are the use cases and, and et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we have all these other debates about, you know, other cryptocurrencies, other altcoins. But what if we were looking at an apocalyptic extinction level event where you had something catastrophic like a nuclear um, strike or a nuclear war? Now, let's just take Bitcoin out of it. Let's just say, you know, Bitcoin doesn't exist or, or, or it's not even a factor right now. But you just think about the regular fiat money that you have, your dollars, your cents in the bank. 
if if enough if, if enough damage is done from that first nuclear strike, I mean, and, and banks are going to be closed, okay? So nobody's going to be going and operating banks. So at that point, are you going to be able to get to your money? You got to think about that. And then or if you can't get to your money, you go to ATMs, they're going to be, you know, very quickly drained. And how much value is cash going to have, you know, if you can't get to your balance? Like you could have $100,000 in a bank, but if you can't get to the bank or the bank isn't open or the bank has... Um, some law to say we can't give you your full balance because you know we, we we don't have the reserves. I mean, one of the things people don't think about in banks is they think about the FDIC guarantee, but the fractional banking system doesn't make you does doesn't excuse me doesn't make the bank hold your whole balance. I I think right now it's it's less than ten percent. It might be as low as one percent. But the point is, if you had a hundred thousand dollars in a bank, sure the FDIC guarantee says it's up to two fifty. But if you go and try to take all the money out of the bank, you might get as as you might on the best case, you know, get as much as ten thousand, but as little as one thousand, and that's pretty crazy to think about. So the banks don't exactly hold your money; they put it and do start doing investing and things like that. But I don't want to get into what banks do. I want to get into what Bitcoin can do in this case, where banks could fail. So let's just say you know you couldn't get to banks cash, you couldn't get to cash from ATMs, or just you know what could you do? Well, the thing about um, the problem with banks is they're very centralized. So if you have something happen to one of the you know main servers and you can't get balances, then you don't you can't do business. But in Bitcoin, all you need is one node to be online. And because Bitcoin is decentralized and in different places uh, in the world, only takes one node being online to have Bitcoin be available. And that's really an amazing thing to think about: is that as long as some people protect. Um, you know their their hardware from from an EMP. Now, obviously, you think about the, a nuclear war or a nuclear strike. You think about the radiation and and the and the you know damage the the explosion. But the secondary damage of the of an electro electromagnetic electromagnetic pulse will disable all electronic equipment. But you you can imagine that would cause catastrophic results if people couldn't get to their computers. But you gotta also imagine that every computer that contains Bitcoin wouldn't be affected by that. So the key for you to be would be to protect your computer during, say, a, a nuclear attack. They had that the um, the uh, article actually talks about how to do that, um, kind of using a nested Faraday cage. Um, in a nutshell, would be like putting a trash can in on top of a, you know, put your um, Bitcoin or put your computer in, in a trash can, put a trash can on top of that with a plastic bag in between the trash cans, and that would kind of shield your um, computer from the electromagnetic pulse. Now, if all this I'm saying sounds really far-fetched and really crazy, um, it's not as crazy as you think. I mean, this is what ha- this is what would happen if a nuclear attack hit. Uh, you will have an electromagnetic pulse, and it will disable a lot of electronic equipment. The question is, what are you going to do for um, currency at that point? And I think Obviously, there's there's other people who would say, well, you know, you got precious metal and things like that. But those, you know, you got to be careful with that because those could be radiated and things like that because they're metals. So um, this this article just I'm, I'm not I'm not here saying go out and buy Bitcoin, and get ready for doomsday. I, I don't want to prophesy that here because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is think about the decentralization of what Bitcoin means. Bitcoin is a is a cash um, that a currency that can be decentralized and it's not doesn't rely on any one entity. It doesn't rely on somebody going to the being at a bank, a bank teller saying, hey, here's your money. I think that the the the, the infrastructure of a bank is overly complicated for what it does. It has your money. 
And if something catastrophic happens, you basically lose access to your money. In the case of Bitcoin, you actually have all of your Bitcoin. As long as there's one node online and you can operate your computer, you have access to your Bitcoin. That is a novel concept. And while and I'm not while I'm not here saying that Bitcoin is going to be the currency or be the dollar, I think that's when people really need to look at why this stuff is powerful is because it is it, it can survive uh, basically a devastating um, extinction level event. I know I've used that word a couple of times, um, but it, it, it can really survive that. Um, it is decentralized enough and it's being able to do that. And I think that's something that's incredible. And that and that could be used anywhere in the world, too. It's not just like, I mean, Bitcoin is something that, you know, I think I think honestly think if, 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 if we ever got to a point where we used one currency, you'd have an event happen where basically the fiat money system got destroyed and they had to rebuild it digitally. And this would be the easiest way. I mean, you got to look at it the other way, too, which is, well, OK, uh, not, not even a nuclear strike, but something happened to the banking system where it was crippled. What's the easiest way to get it back started? Not to file, fire up another paper currency, but to go to a digital way to track everything, you know, blockchain, things like that. So I just thought it was a good article. Um, just giving you a look at the real utility of Bitcoin versus the dollar. And people say, well, you know, why should I have Bitcoin? I have money. I have a dollar. But it's just like, if you don't have all your money under your mattress, um, then you don't really necessarily have your, all your money. Whereas if you have your access to your Bitcoin, you actually have access to your Bitcoin. Your Bitcoin is not being put on loan by some bank in some risky derivative like, um, you know, CDOs for mortgages or, um, you know, some other, you know, risky stock or something. It's, 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 it's just, be, it's just sitting in a, a wallet, you know, backed by your, um, public, you know, with your, which is your public key and then your private key accesses that those funds. So I think that's something that, um, is worth, um, considering when you think about, should I invest or should I, you know, diversification, um, is one of the things we talk about a lot. And that's one of the reasons why you want to be diversified is not just obviously for, diversification sake, but also for what if something wiped out the major currency system of the world? What, what do you have to trade with? What do you have to barter with? And this just gives a, a great perspective on that. So I, I like, really like the article. Like I said, I will post it on uh, the Facebook page, uh, Christ Over Crypto, so you can check it out there. Um, again, like I said, I just um, wanted to give you guys a different way to look and think about these different things. I know a lot of times people are just saying, hey, you should invest or you should buy it. But here's some of the crazy, I wouldn't call it crazy, but here's some of the more um, interesting scenarios where Bitcoin really does have a huge advantage over a normal fiat currency. So I hope you got something out of this segment um, and uh, I'll see you guys soon in another part of my fiat. Okay, that's all for this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it again. Shouts out to Brother Timothy Hunter for coming on, Pew 13 Ministries. Be sure to connect with him again. Uh, go back and listen to that interview again. It was amazing. I uh, hope you enjoyed the part of my fiat segment on the durability of Bitcoin during a potentially extinction level event. Something interesting to think about. Um, again, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm just grateful to be able to do this show again in 2019. Thank you for all you guys listening. Um, definitely connect with me. Um, on the website, if you got any questions, talk to me on Facebook. I want to hear your feedback. What do you want me to talk about? Let me know. I, I, lo- I Like I said, I love you guys. Thank you for supporting me. I want to continue to encourage you to check out uh, the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Um, if you haven't, also make sure you subscribe to our newsletter so you can get, keep up with all the new content. 
And uh, we just uh, also want to make sure you check out Generosity page uh, where you can help somebody in need as well. So thank you guys. See you on another episode of Price Over Crypto very soon. Before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to make the best investment you can ever make. And that's uh, one in, in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And you know maybe, maybe you're never going to church. Maybe you're just listening to this and you don't know what this podcast is about, but you're interested in knowing Jesus is more personally. Or maybe you've been walking with God and you've fallen away and you, and you want to make sure that you, you start walking back with him again. I encourage you uh, to say this prayer. So repeat after me. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve death, which are the consequences of my sin. However, I am trusting in Jesus Christ alone as my Savior, and I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness and salvation. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and giving me access to your eternal kingdom. Amen. Congratulations. You've started your journey with Christ. Let me encourage you to, to find a local church and continue your discipleship with other fellow believers. If you're in the greater metropolitan area of Baltimore, I welcome you to make your church home at I-5 City, located at 681 Hans Ferry Road in Glen Burnie, Maryland. That's all for now. Until next time, always remember, Christ over crypto.